I think um, GG. Don't get me wrong. It is symbolic. It is, it is actually good, but there are so many flaws. It needs to be uh, implemented correctly. It needs to have the right method on tackling this issue as well. The missing of the proper regulation, actually, you you put consumer in danger perspective and also right. in danger con- uh, conditions. So I think. Uh, yes, we do success, Kyrel. Uh, we managed to remove the generational end game, uh, the, the generation clock at the moment. But however, we still missing the proper regulations uh, in Malaysia. Hello, world! Welcome to the Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about vaping and tobacco harm reduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Vaping Unplugged. As you know, we're discussing vaping globally, and today we will be talking about the current situation in Malaysia. Actually, we have some good news. Um, The generational endgame bill was withdrawn, and to learn more about what happened in Malaysia, we invited Termizi from the Consumer Choice Center and Kyrell from the Malaysian Vapors Alliance. Uh, thank you very much, uh, both of you, for making it to our podcast today. And I'm thrilled to listen more to our victory, Vapor's victory, I would say, in Malaysia. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm always happy to have those sorts of discussions. So let's start talking about, uh, before we dive deeper into the GEG bill, I want to ask you personally, just as an introduction, maybe we could start with Karel, because I know you've been doing a great work recently in Malaysia. You launched the bus tour. You were talking to vapors, consumers. So um, maybe you could update our listeners since you were here last time and helped us too. What what changed? What were the main takeaways from the bus tour? And what have uh, MBA been up to so, so right now? Sure, sure. So, yeah, regarding the bus tour, uh, I mean, the, the, the tour that we embark, um, basically, just to update, it wasn't really a bus tour because we couldn't really get a bus to go around as well. So, instead, we go around Malaysia. We embark um, a nationwide tour in July recently. Okay. So, basically, from this um, tour as well, right, the the... the I would say that the end goal is to gather um, what are their views on vape as well. So we engage around approximately 5,000 uh, adult vape users. Uh, and then we want to gather their behavior, their consumption pattern, and what kind of uh, nicotine level that they like and stuff like that. So from this also, from this uh, 5,000 uh, engaged adults user, we also run a survey and then from this survey, this is the main thing about this tour as well. We run a survey and then we garner around 708 respondents from this. It is quite a huge number as well because we went to uh, vape shops. We asked opinions. We run these surveys. And then, of course, uh, we want to know what they think about GAG as well. So <clears throat> I, will write, uh, I will read the number as well right? because... Um, I'll do some sharing on this number as well. So based on the survey, we came across a couple of, um, I would say, takeaways, interesting takeaways, right? So 
from this survey as well, right? Vape user in Malaysia do not support GEG. So they prefer more like a balanced approach. Uh, one that acknowledge the, the harm reduction potential of vape. Uh, but also they want to have the implementation of the right regulation to ensure the product safety. So this is the, 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 the interesting takeaways when we run this uh, survey as well. So based on the numbers as well, uh, 96, hold on, let me read the number here. 96.6% uh, of respondents do not agree with GG. That's a high number. Uh, and then 73.7% 73 of respondents were ex-smokers with 80.1% switching to vape as it helps them quit smoking. 75.8% understands the concept of tobacco harm reduction, THR. And 85.8% believes cigarette smokers should be educated on THR. This is the most important thing. They do believe in this. And 84% support vape regulation that are differentiated from cigarettes. I think this is the, the, the conversation that we had last time because it's they equates the, the cigarettes and vape as well. So we got this number from our survey. Thank yeah. you so much. That's really exciting. I didn't know about the survey and definitely those numbers and uh, answers and results you got are very, very interesting. Um, I would like to move on to Termizi um, and ask uh, Termizi, because I know that you've been working also a lot with policymakers about GG and writing a lot about it. So what have you been up to and um, how does this experience look to you right now? Thank you so much, Lisa. I think uh, to begin with, the, uh, to answer the question, actually, it's not an easy task because in Malaysia, uh, not many policymakers are willing actually to talk about the topic openly. Uh, as you know, in Malaysia, we I would say we don't have equal uh, living playing field uh, to speak about the issue uh, uh, from a safe public policy discussion point of view. Uh, for instance, like if someone, especially the MP uh, or a MP that wanted to say something regarding the topic or regarding the issue, uh, they will be blamed. They will be blamed by the other people. Uh, uh, or public openly, uh, even though they are trying to explain it in the in the point of view of of a public policy discussions, and how the impact is gonna be, and how the in terms of the implementation challenges uh, that will be happen, and 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 I think we one of the challenges as well that we need to identify uh, that the MP that understand the evidence-based public policy. Because I think not every MP uh, know uh, the importance of evidence-based public policy. Uh, of course, uh, I think we all agree that smoking is, 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 is something like not healthy for your life or for your body. And But however, how uh, through or via the public policy, we can uh, decrease or reduce the number effectively. And we need to understand from the perspective of evidence-based public policy. Eh? Uh, we have a lot of studies has been done uh, intentionally, uh, internationally and also uh, globally. So we trying to uh, bring the ideas and the evidence from the experience from the other countries to be as a lesson uh, in, in our country, especially in Malaysia. So it's not everyone could understand that. 
uh, because I think uh, when sometimes MP or, or the policy maker uh, they need to uh, take care of their image. They don't want to intervene with any kind of, of polemic issue that they couldn't answer after that. And I think this is the real issue that happening in my country. And I think another one is not every MP interested in this topic because they think this issue is not related to them. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, just just want to... Uh, because they think like this is not related to me and I think I don't want to speak up about this. Okay, so I think this is uh, one of the challenges as well that we are, uh, are we were facing in Malaysia. But yes, uh, we do manage to engage with several MPs that have a very good intention in in in, in public policy, in looking how the evidence-based uh, public policy can improvise and can be implemented and should be implemented uh, to reduce smoking rate in Malaysia. Thanks, Zermizi. I think that's kind of a universal issue that you're talking about with policymakers and not only in Malaysia, but generally. Uh, I uh, Probably uh, it would make sense to also explain what the GEG is for some listeners who might be hearing it for the first time because we're talking about the public health issues and policies and how they should be implemented. But in a specific case, what was proposed? Could you please explain and elaborate on that? Yeah, thank you so much again, Eliza. So I'm going to explain a little bit regarding the uh, generational endgame. So the GEG stands for generational endgame that has been proposed by the previous government uh, last year. So now since November 2022, we, we have a new government and also still uh, keep the, the uh, propose the same things uh, that those who born uh, from January 1st of January 2007, they will be banned from consuming vaping and smoking. So uh, this is going to be like the first uh, happen in Malaysia because previously we never have any kind of law that differentiate these two generations. Well, of course, we do have uh, a regulation restricted minors from taking or consume uh, these things, for instance, like uh, below 18 could not uh, consume this. And I think it's quite universal around the world. So I think it should not be a problem. But however, this is no longer regarding the age restrictions, but it's going to be the generational restrictions. For instance, like I'm 27, for instance, sorry, I was born on 2007. Meanwhile, Kyrill uh, uh, was born on 2006, for instance. He can consume, meanwhile, I couldn't consume. But we are staying together, for instance, and we are uh, socializing together. So I can, can you imagine, I can simply just look at his face while he's, he's, he's taking the, consuming these products. So I think uh, we need to understand what actually behind uh, or the root cause of this problem. Uh, yes, we agree that the, the cigarettes or the smoking is something like... Um, could harm yourself so so that's why we are proposing the idea that we need to implement the tobacco harm reduction uh, and adopt the tobacco harm reduction approach in my own country so uh, this we we do have like several activities in 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 uh, in Malaysia uh, previously we have organized roundtable discussions uh, so we call and uh, we invited uh, 
various uh, background of of people uh, policy uh, former policy makers also uh, was one of the uh, mps that have been involved with the previous uh, uh, select special select committee parliamentary special select committee that discussed about the bill and we also invited economists we do invited a uh, medical practitioner so this is uh, and later on the discussion that we uh, also sorry we also dis invited retailers uh, who have actually the one who need to implement eh, the, the one who need to implement as uh, in 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 on the ground can you imagine that so one of the uh, uh, opinion that we got from retailers actually they said why the government impose the responsibility uh, of enforcement to the retailers so it's going to be hard for them because uh, it is, it, that will be not their necessary or their responsibility to see their IDs for instance so these are the challenges that will be facing by the uh, by the retailers so uh, as I mentioned just now we organize a roundtable discussions so we make a report and later on, we submit to the government's agencies with several ministries, including uh, finance, including health ministries, and also prime minister office. Uh, and also, we have been called by the uh, health, sorry, special select committee on health eh, uh, under the parliament, uh, Malaysian parliament. So we presented uh, our proposal and also we presented our research that we are uh, we are looking forward to be uh, for instance like tobacco harm reduction uh, and also we propose some guidelines regarding the uh, regulations that they wanted to uh, they wanted to impose uh, to the people so this actually uh, yeah of course we have a lot of, of activities we write some articles we do engagement with medias but as I said, it's not an easy thing and, and it should be continued from uh, time to time. Definitely. And thank you so much, Termizi, uh, for explaining to us how your work process looked like and what the generational endgame bill is all about. Hyrule, I just want to go back, get back to you and also ask you what would be your take on this? What, what uh, challenges, um, if so, would vape uh, community? <clears throat> Uh, phase in case this generational endgame bill were to be implemented. <clears throat> okay, I think I think from the consumer point of view as well, right? I think um, GG. Don't get me wrong; it is symbolic. It is, it is actually good, but there are so many flaws. It needs to be uh, implemented correctly. It needs to have the right method on tackling this issue as well. Hi everyone, hold up on the vaping for a second, we've got something very special for you. You ever have that feeling when someone's always saying don't do this, can't have that? Well, Fan Police is a podcast that is all about that. People trying to ban what you enjoy from a beer to a piece of chocolate. It's delivered by the Consumer Choice Center, it's a five-part series, and it digs deep into why some people so desperately want to ban our fun. Well, Fun Police is easy listening and it's coming your way every week. Uh, now just get ready for a quick preview. Did you vape today or drink? Did you have a beer, a glass of wine, place a bet or eat chocolate? 
There are activists out there who believe that you are hurting yourself, and that for the sake of the greater good, you should be banned from doing it. These activists are neo-prohibitionists. They don't believe in your right to choose, and they have big budgets to lobby governments to restrict your lifestyle. And their actions have real consequences. Prohibition of, of something, whether it's riding without a seatbelt, whether it's selling cigarettes, this creates new opportunities for citizens to interact with the police. Garner, who had been accused of selling cigarettes illegally on New York's Staten Island, seen here being taken down by NYPD officer Daniel Pantaleo. So this Orwellian-sounding FCTC is about benefiting the black market and making poor people pay. I listen to people saying, oh, we don't want to tax the poor. Well, we want the poor to live longer so that they can get an education and enjoy life. This group took public money to create a pseudoscientific amalgamation of studies with low scientific validity to lecture you about having more than two beers a week. I think anybody here can see through the nonsense. Fun Police, a five-part Consumer Choice Center original podcast uncovering the prohibitionist movements seeking to ban it all. New episodes dropping weekly wherever you get your podcasts. And then like what uh, Tarmizi mentioned earlier, right? They target those who born um, in 2007 and beyond. And then if, let's say, I am born in 2006, yes, I can freely smoke in front of Tarmizi. But Tarmizi, you know, is like couldn't do anything about it. So, and then what if I pass my ID to uh, Tarmizi and then Tarmizi go and buy it? So that is the kind of flaws that we are, we are, we are asking them to, to check and everything, right? Therefore, it's like this, this is like a discriminating of an entire generation, I would say, from 2007 and beyond. That's a huge year ahead also. And then by treating, treating these two groups based on their birth year, right, it is also a clear, clear act of discrimination of principles that we have here as well for equality and fairness. So this is uh, one of the examples that how GEG is uh, laces with uh, issues here. But also um, with GEG also, let's not forget the impact of GEG that it will have on retailers, like uh, Tamizi mentioned just now, like retailers, like workforces, and also the consumer safety. And then where is uh, the safety of consumer as well? And then uh, from the perspective of consumer, I would say the current GEG, which at the moment it's uh, being paused, I would say, to, to be tabled it into 2024, right? So it is undermined the harm reduction property of vape. And then also it may discourage smokers from switching to less harmful alternative. It's like they don't have any choice. So if let's say they think, oh, basically vape and cigarettes are the same, then why should I switch? So this kind of uh, information also needs to be out there. So, and then um, earlier also, it's like uh, Tamizi mentioned, we were called into parliamentary meeting and then we actually tabled uh, the survey that we found uh, earlier as well for them to see, to know what is people are talking about it as well. So this is how we want the government to know what the consumer are talking about. Thanks so much, uh, Kyril. I think also it makes sense to mention that this kind of um, policy would cause the illicit trade, and that's what you guys mean probably under 
uh, consumer safety and them accessing different types of illicit goods then, right? Because they would still access the goods, but from black market, that, that's what would change. And um, recently we were talking about the same legislation in the UK and the people who I was talking to said the same thing because these kind of approaches, they cause or result in a very same thing and work in the same pattern. Um, Tarmizi, uh, I think you talked about, Kyle, I don't know if you wanted to add something. Yeah. You're on mute, we cannot hear. <laughs> I accidentally click it, uh, click my mic. Okay, that's, that's okay. <laughs> Just making sure I don't miss out on your opinions. Uh, Termizi, I want to get back to you with another question because you basically described to us what your working process looks like and what you have been doing. But let's move on to the part where actually the GEG was withdrawn, where we can celebrate this for vaping community in Malaysia. And maybe you could tell us a little bit more what was the shift like? So why did policymakers change their mind? Uh since beginning, actually, this never this bill never get full support uh, from the politicians, either from the government side or the opposition side. Uh, even among the government and also uh, among the opposition, they divide they divided in terms of uh, support this particular bill or the GEG bill. It because a lot of issues and also uh, concerns uh, that has been raised regarding the bill itself. So that's why if you look the process of the bill is quite uh, confusing and, and quite uh, what we call it unprecedented uh, because previously usually the bill that been proposed by the government will be easily passed by the parliament uh, because we have to understand the government have like some sort of majority uh mps and numbers in the parliament but however however only this bill actually you can see it's really hard from the government uh side that re uh, receive a support from the government uh mps itself so so that's why you can see from the first reading and later on they pass to the uh, parliamentary special select committee and later on uh it's it's supposed to be tabled in the parliament but however because of the last uh, election there is a transition of the government and we changed the government we have a new government so the government also wanted to table it like few times and suddenly only like able to table for first reading and later on come back to the parliamentary special select committee which never been done twice uh in our history and later on uh, supposed to be uh, being tabled like uh, in the first week of the uh, parliament uh, october sitting we have sitting uh, right now uh, from early of october until like end of uh, mid of november but however we never uh, the, the bill never get passed to be tabled in the parliament so you can see how the process is really complicated and 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 uh, and um a lot of obstacle uh, that we we think that oh, it's going to be passed it's going to be tabling anyway but suddenly it it it's not so uh from the process itself you can see how the support uh from the mp mps actually are not solid uh even from the uh, government or from the opposition side uh, 
that's one thing. And we have to understand actually this is not uh, the only initiative that that we we see uh, in terms of make Malaysia free country for especially. We do have previously Penang smoke uh, state for instance. Uh, they, they wanted to uh, implemented the policy. Uh, they wanted to make sure that Penang's uh, one of the state in Malaysia will be free from smoking. But however, in terms of implementation, we can see how the uh, lot of conflict. Who gonna be implemented? Who gonna be make uh, fine uh, to to the public or to the smoker, for instance? Uh, so either the 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 what we call it, the municipalities officer. Eh, or the local government officer, or the police itself. So there is a lot of flawed and and also issues in terms of implementing uh, that particular things, and uh, and I think because of that, and we as as you know, Malaysia is one of the highest illicit trade uh, on on tobacco in Malaysia uh, in, around the world. So we couldn't uh, solve this issue yet. And one of the things uh, that will be one of the important uh, facts that we need to uh, that we need to uh, uh, realize that is gonna be get it's gonna be worse if we implemented it. And the final one, I think, uh, we has spoken this. We have spoken about this thing actually quite frequent, especially in terms of uh, the. Uh, the bill itself, the ban on generational in game is actually, it's again the constitutional, uh, the federal constitutional spirit. Eh? So, but uh, we we write a lot about this thing. There are several uh, lawyers who are talking about this thing, and we do have former AGs uh, or attorney general that actually raised up about this issue, and. The only reason why the bill are not uh, tabling recently it's because of the current AG say that this is actually against of our federal constitution uh, of Article Eight, uh, which uh, the everyone should be equal uh, equally treated uh, by the by the state. Uh, you cannot differentiate which give one particular group. Uh, uh, what we call it, something like benefits, and you taken it the benefit from a, another group of people. So you cannot do that. You should treat all of them equally. So that's one of the biggest uh, reason why suddenly government change their mind and 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 withdraw it recently. Thank you so much, Termizi, for elaborating on this. I'd like to get back to Parilu now and ask, uh, what do you think? And what type of future expectations do you have for vaping in Malaysia now that the GG is withdrawn finally? Okay, I think um, since the bill will likely to be tabled in the in two thousand twenty four, which um, I believe that it is also a good move, so that we have a lot more time to to do something about this we can raise our voice we can we can actually work with government agencies as well to find the good solution for everyone so we are hoping that the government can look into regulating vaping differently from tobacco product 
this is the most important part because as you might know it's like everybody uses vape to quit smoking right so because vaping also has been scientifically proven to have i would say it's not like zero health risk but it's fewer health risk compared to tobacco products right to the other tobacco products therefore they should not be categorized um under the same category as cigarette as well so i think i think another thing that we would like to know is like uh, we we urgently need uh, we urgently need the regulations and then um uh, we want to prevent any sales uh, to individual below, below 18 years old as well so this is also to introduce safety requirements to protect the consumer because at the end of the day the consumer will suffer the most whatever it is the consumer will suffer the most and it is also essentially important to um i would say promote harm reduction in effort to help smokers transition to less harm, less harmful products it's not that we we totally did not support whatever the government is doing we just need to know what's fair and we want to have vape as um, to promote vape as harm reduction tools as well yeah. so that's mm-hmm. what we are hoping for here Thank you so much. And hopefully the withdrawal of DOJ is the first step and then we'll see more and more progressive harm reduction strategies implemented in Malaysia. Um, and we're moving to the final part of our interview. And as a last question, I could start with Termizi. Um, uh, what would be your message to vapors and advocates worldwide? Because Malaysia at the moment recently had a, had a big win and you put a lot of effort in it and that should be an inspiration for, for the rest of the vaping community. So I'll let you spread your uh, final message to the consumers and vapers who are listening to us today. Definitely, we still have a long uh, way to go uh, because this is not something like, uh, it's something like, it's a big win, but I would say it's not something like uh, every single country will be facing the same thing. We do know that uh, there are a lot of myths against the 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 vaping and also the vapors community. Okay? So I think this is something like we really need to take in it seriously because uh, we have to understand that actually the the issue that happening around the world the message about the tobacco harm reduction must be heard loudly by the global community so that's why i said uh, for instance like yeah we do success in malaysia we did success in malaysia but i think we really need to continue work uh, on promoting uh, on, on 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 consumer safety uh, and res- a responsible uh, consumer and also the cons- responsible uh, vapors. I think this is really, really important. And another one is I think that we really need to continue our works, all right? We need to engage more people. We need to share our success story in Malaysia because I think this is really, really important. And recently that what we can see... Uh, what happening in UK right now? Can you imagine one of the best country that that have reduced the numbers of smokers suddenly wanted to improve 
uh, introduce this kind of policy. So you have to think like this can be happen like in in many countries or anywhere. All right, so it can be happen in any way. So that's why we really need to uh, properly documents eh, as a uh, weapons advocates. I think we need to properly documented success story and also like study case that about how uh, what is the best solution to reduce uh, smoking rate uh, in, in 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 around the world. That's one thing. And the second thing is how we can. Uh, how we can by using uh, tobacco harm reduction it can be one of the best or strategic one of the best solutions that can be implemented or adopted by the government to make sure that this smoking rate can be reduced so i think uh, my last word will be like we need to continue work uh, very hard to make sure that our message here loudly and another one is we have to make sure that the myth that's that spreading around the world that need to be uh, taken down by speaking uh, and bringing our uh, success story uh, globally. Thank you so much, Carol. I would also like to give the floor to you for your final message to the vaping community. <clears throat> okay, um, like um, Tamizi mentioned, you mentioned it uh, earlier, Lisa. It's a big victory at the moment. Yes, um, I would say it's a big victory, but the battle is not over yet. Because in a way, we win. At the moment, we win um, one thing, and hopefully we will win more. But this is, for me, it is just the beginning to, to show the world that, okay, we are progressing also. And then more needs to be done for the local vaping community so that we get the proper regulations implemented. And also, it is time to um, to fight all the myths like what Tamisi mentioned earlier and then to educate, to give the correct information on vaping to let them know like what vaping can do to help you smokers as well. And then I would say the, the, the last message that I want to send to everyone as well, we, I mean, in Malaysia, we work together and as a, as a whole world as well, we can work together with everyone so that the victory is for everyone, for everyone around the world, the vapors around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, both of you. Can, can yeah. I add something? Lisa? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. To, I, I, I would like to emphasize uh, and echo what actually Kairin say regarding the, yeah, this is a victory, but however, we still lack of regulation in, in proper regulation oh, yeah. in Malaysia. So mm -hmm. I think to, to, to make sure that the myth uh, can be uh, can be reduced or at least can be uh, solved it actually by introducing proper regulations uh, that that uh, that actually regulate the top, uh, the the vaping product. Right? I think this is really, really important because with the missing of the proper regulation, actually you you put consumer in danger perspective and also right. in danger con uh, conditions. So I think, uh, yes, we do success, Kyrel. Uh, we managed to remove the generational endgame, uh, the, the generation clock at the moment. But however, we're still missing the proper regulations 
uh, in Malaysia. And I think this is going to be the next step that we need to do in Malaysia to make sure that we have a proper regulation and proper structure yeah. of regulation. Thank you. Everyone will have to work together. That's great. Thank you so much, both of you, um, for the interview today and for your insight about Malaysia. It's been a pleasure. I hope our listeners also enjoyed it. Um, and I would like to thank everyone who was listening to us today. And just remember that we will be back with a new episode next week as well. So stay tuned and vape on. <laughs> <laughs>